Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Do the recording yourself this time as opposed to KCAC. Well, of course. <clears throat> he lose two podcasts now. I have no idea. Okay, that was officially 90 to 70. And it just felt like Michigan State was barely hanging on that whole game. They were like, we can do this, we can do this. And then during a timeout, I was like, all right, guys, <laughs> win this game, and we're going to go face Purdue. F*** it. We're going to lose by 20. I want to see UCLA lose to Cincinnati tonight, and then Indiana hires Alford. Hello. Yo. Oh, there's Casey. <laughs> All right. So that, that can only who's... mean one thing. What? Hello. Hi. Uh, it sounded like Casey was pulling a beer out of a cooler. I was not pulling a beer out of a cooler. <laughs> These are keys. Why would he have a I... beer in a cooler? He had his apartment. No, I just got. I don't know why Casey does a lot of things. I just gotta go with it. <laughs> Casey, did you at least get some <laughs> beer from Wisconsin? Uh, <laughs> sorry. What? What the hell is going on? <laughs> I... I just got into my car. I've been at the bar, you know, the ladies working, so I've been making up for being gone for four days. That same, oh no. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to have an interesting podcast. You you missed, uh, I'm kind of glad that uh, the podcast got lost on Saturday night because we probably would have all gotten fired had that actually been published. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Are we going to talk about Eustachie though? No. Why not? Well, There's a reason why. <laughs> we, we talked about him, and the podcast wasn't recorded. Or oh, yeah. Reason. I called him a f- boy. Yes, and my yeah, Larry Eustace, your new hero. Yes. Um, I, may I ask why? <laughs> 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 because Larry Eustace didn't give a <laughs> sh- 
<laughs> he went out and partied after losses on the road at, at opposing teams' campuses. Ledman, there are pictures of him after a loss with like Natty Light in his hand, kissing and like groping around a bunch of like frat girls That's at a frat cool. party. Mm-hmm. Two games. He brought. He drove his RV to opposing campuses just so after the game, win or lose, like after he saw the guys in the locker room, be like, "Good job, guys. We'll get him next time." I got to go do a keg stand. Peace. And then drove that it's, RV to frat houses. I mean, I don't know what I'm supposed to say to that. Uh, we had a whole 40 minutes on what to say about it. That will be lost. And... So wait, why was this coming up? Because he so, did it when he was coach at Iowa State. And that's why their blog name is Wide Right Natty Light. Oh. Yeah, I had and no Natty idea. Light, yes. Yeah. When you hear backstory on something and you just think it's going to be, oh, that's cute. But then it's like something life changing. Like that was a moment. And we all shared that moment in what should have been a... <laughs> What should have been a recorded podcast. Uh, (laughs) Let's get to this podcast. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are here with the Sweet 16 edition of the Hammer and Rails podcast. I am your host, Dictator for Life, and site manager, Charlie, aka T-Mill. And after boycotting Ben and Jerry's and maple syrup in round one, and then corn of the Iowa version in round two, it's time to boycott gluten. That's right. The amber waves of gluten are done. We are putting this gluten out of business. It's time to get serious. We're facing Kansas in the Sweet 16. No more gluten. I usually Wait, request why? extra gluten I, with my, but no more gluten. Why are explain this for the dumb one in class? <laughs> it's me. I'm referencing myself. I'll take the bullet okay. on this. What? <laughs> As you can tell, we're off to a rousing start here. Uh, with me tonight are three fabulous guests who will probably take the podcasts over when I have to uh, leave and put myself here in about 15, 20 minutes. I really want to know Casey, the gluten fresh thing. from. The mean streets of Milwaukee. How are you, Casey? I am doing amazing. Like, I'm disappointed (laughs) that I got a hotel last night. Because the late game, I'm like, I want to go to a hotel, you know, sleep it off and drive anymore. I could have gotten from Milwaukee to Lafayette in like an hour and 12 minutes last night if I were driving. (laughs) Just just on like happy fumes. Like, that was amazing. You know how cars work, Casey. I would have put the... (laughs) I would have put the pedal to the mouth. I would have went 130 on the way back. And if I would have got pulled over, my my smile of happiness would be enough to get me off of any ticket. Delighted. And we're just going to leave it at that. We're just going to leave it at that. Um, I know I'm not going to no talk FCC about that regulates podcasts. <laughs> I know there's no FCC that regulates podcasts, but uh, we don't need to get fired. Uh, also with us from our nation's capital, we have Andrew Ledman, soon to be Esquire. Andrew, how are things? Yes. Yeah. Soon in two and a half years. Uh, doing well, doing well. I'm like Casey. Granted, I wasn't there, but you know, stayed up to watch that game and was just on Twitter, reading articles, watching post game afterwards. I felt like I could have stayed up forever. Uh, that's me too. I was uh, took me a while to calm down from that one last night and just get my heart back under control. But that's because I'm an old man anyway. <laughs> and then finally, from who, from someone who we may have to question his loyalty next week. If Purdue and Michigan both win from the city of a woman with loose morals, Juan Crespo. Juan, how are you doing? God, just thinking about Michigan and Purdue playing in the Elite Eight. I don't know if I could ever go back to work, regardless of the result. (laughs) 
of that game. <laughs> well, I think the thing that fear, makes me fear the most about the possibility of that game is I'm going to have flashbacks to 2000 where we lost to Wisconsin three times, lose to Michigan three times just like that with the third time coming in the Elite Eight. I don't know. I don't know if I could handle that again. Yeah, I don't. I Travis, you got to you have to stop being scared of something that happened while I was in middle school. That's what. That's yeah, at well, least what my counts. I've seen. I've seen too much, and I. You know, when when's the last time we beat a number one seed in the tournament? I am not sure if we've ever beaten a number one seed in the tournament. Stop being negative. We haven't even talked about the victory yet. <laughs> his kid puked Chipotle all over his car. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> like his day's been downhill ever since. Let's focus. Focus. <laughs> let's talk about the game. Okay. Okay. Let's let's talk about. Let's go with last night. Uh, Obviously, Purdue builds a 19-point lead and decided that they needed to verb themselves almost and gave it up. I think in my mind, yeah, Caleb Swanigan, he's going to be everybody's player of the game, but I got to give it to Pete Thompson for hitting probably the biggest shot of the game. It was right after Iowa State had taken a two-point lead. It was their first lead of the game, and he comes down and 11 seconds later hits his only field goal, and it's a three-pointer. It's a three pointer. And at one point, does he become Robert Ory for us, really, with his knack for hitting the big shot? When he doesn't miss free throws in the Big Ten tournament. There you go. Well, he made up for that last night, too. Sure. He hit the two clinching free throws. But you know who I want to you know, say? That was the other. He had Vincent five points, and that, those were his other two points. Vincent Edwards won that game for us. Oh, I agree. Vince From front to back, he was the he was the best player on the court, and he has he's been the best player. He was the best player in Milwaukee all weekend. Something happens when it gets to March. He becomes a monster. And I love it. It's fantastic. He's averaging, what, 20 points a game now in March in his uh, four NCAA tournament games? It was great to see Vincent play like he has these last two games, especially, you know, not to put everything on him from last year. But in that Little Rock game, you know, he played so many minutes and he, he had nothing at the end. I mean, he was missing those shots that he would normally make. So just, you know, from a pure redemption standpoint, just to see him come back and put the team on his back for these last two games has got to be really satisfying for him, not just as a team player, but just as an individual. And I, I agree. And, you know, I, th- I think this also might increase the chances. I'm not sure what his draft stock is, but do you guys think he uh, tests the draft waters? And do you think he might be gone, too? He'll test the draft waters like last year, but I don't think he'll be gone. He'll stick, around for, one, his, he'll stick around for his senior season. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think Haas will too. And you know, that that has decided that probably gonna lose Swanigan. I would say there's maybe a half percent chance he comes back. Even that is probably high at this point. Still gonna be a pretty good team next year. Everyone in the twenty fourteen class should declare for the draft without hiring the agent. Like they have nothing to lose on that end. But Vincent Vince Vince, let's. It was Vince that we got these last two games, not Vincent. Uh, really yes. did carry the team on the back. But I think the big thing is is that we saw the rest of the team stepping up around it. Like it seemed like in the Little Rock game last year, it was only Vincent doing everything else, and everyone else was lethargic. But last night we saw Dakota Mathias stepping up again. You mentioned PJ Thompson hitting that three, even though he already had a few misses earlier. Like if you have those misses in the back of your mind, you might be hesitant to make that shot. But he still went for it and got it. And then. Of course, Biggie, just, you know, average day, 20 points, double-digit rebounds, almost a triple-double, no big deal. I think, you know, Juan mentioned Dakota Mathias, and I think it's worth mentioning that, you know, he sure, he only had eight points, but he had two gigantic threes at the end of that first half. He had seven assists as well and, and three rebounds, and he played 35 minutes. 
Uh, he played the most minutes of anyone in that game. Um, and that just tells you how far he's come from even last year, let alone two years ago when he was the defensive liability on the team. You know, he was a step slow, and now he's out there playing 35 minutes, guarding the best player usually. Um, and, and he's still out there hitting those threes. And the other team has to respect him so much on offense that it opens up everything else for those guys down low. Matthias came in. The one guy that could get points for Iowa State was Thomas. And towards the end of the half, we put Matthias on him, and he just shut him down. Thomas stopped getting shots. Uh, late in the second half, I know everyone wants to get on Ryan Klein. He came up with a huge steal. Um, yeah. Iowa State was running. They had a fast break. They, the place was rocking. And he got his hands on a ball, deflected off, came to him. The ball just ends up in his hands a lot. And everyone's, you know, wishing for more Carson Edwards minutes. But Ryan Klein is so important on a team that wants to just take advantage of their size, and they have to. He's tall enough to get the entry pass in. And he's smart enough where he doesn't make the kind of mistakes that a true freshman will make. He controlled the pace and he got the ball into the post over and over again when we needed him to. You know, I, I think we could use a little bit more out of Klein. And that's one of the things that makes it so exciting is we haven't had the game where he just randomly hits four three-pointers out of nowhere and in the flow of the offense. And then suddenly you're worried about him out there. Maybe that happens this uh, this Thursday against Kansas. I don't know, but... You know, I, I think the fact that he is the threat to do that and really Purdue has not had the all right, we're just going to come out and hit 12 threes type of game yet. You know, that it, it, there's always that possibility there. And, you know, it could it could pay off this Thursday. Maybe who knows? Every one of our guys stepped up, made plays. Every single one of them. Spike was good in the first half. He was finding a lot of guys open. Carson had a nice game and Haas was unguardable inside when we could get him on the floor. Yeah, and we needed him on the floor more. Are we going to discuss this? Because I have been fuming at our comment boards all day. The Do painter it. hate has to calm down. It has to. He put together the blueprint of how you beat a team like ISU. Got our team to execute it. We were up 19 points. Not in the first half, but after going up 14 in the first half, we went up more in the second half. Basketball is a game of runs. They were going to come back. They have one of the best offensive players in the nation and a guy who is a complete mismatch for everyone we have on our team. They were going to make a run. But Painter, calm the storms. Yes, he gave Biggie a break. Yes, he took Vincent out. They were also fresh at the end of the game, enough to grab two huge offensive rebounds. And our team made shots because they weren't, you know, their legs weren't dead. Like last year, we saw what happens when you just keep your guys out there the whole time. They won it. They tried, but the legs just aren't there. And our team was fresh. And once again, we made plays. All year, we have been in close games. And everyone wants to nitpick Painter like every coach makes the perfect in-game decision every time. There's no guarantee that Haas being out there wouldn't have allowed ISU to score even more points. I'm looking at the, the closing stretch here last night. You have PJ hits a three with three minutes to go. That gave us a lead for good. And then Burton, 17 seconds later, misses a jumper. You get a big uh, rebound from Edwards. You have the monster assist, like you said, from Klein to Swanigan with 222 left. That made it three. And then Caleb gets a steal, and we make a layup on the following possession, and we turned a two-point lead into a five. 
two-point deficit into a five-point lead in uh, it looks like a minute and 23 seconds. Not only is that, you know, Painter deserves some credit for that, for keeping him calm and everything. I think a lot of the le- the lessons that this team learned at Maryland when it was uh, down late, at Indiana when it was tied, you know, late in the Ohio State game where, you know, people are questioning us in close games. Well, we've had some good close games chops now. And as we saw yet last night, it finally paid off in a tournament game. You know, they didn't get rattled. They they fell behind. You know, Normally, that's where Purdue just finishes falling apart because, well, we had kind of fallen apart to that point, but they didn't fall apart. They came right back down, took the lead back, and then took the game from them, really. Yeah, I mean, to go with what Casey said, if you read our comments, if you go to Facebook, if you go to Twitter, you know, you would think Purdue lost this game. And I know we had a 19-point lead, and we were then, all of a sudden, we were behind in the game. But that doesn't matter. It only matters what the score is at the end of the game. At the end of the game, Purdue had 80, Iowa State had 76. Would it have, maybe would it have been, you know, a higher score, a better margin of victory for us if a couple things had tweaked? I have no idea. You can't prove that one way or the other. And, you know, when they took Caleb out and he's, you know, not sulking, but, you know, he he wants, he's chomping at the bit on the sideline. He wants back in the game. Painter made the smart decision by taking him out, getting him rest. He still played 34 minutes in that game. And who knows what how his legs would have been at the end. Maybe he wouldn't have been able to get that rebound, uh, you know, if he played four or five more minutes. So when you get rest in the middle of the game, when you have a chance for your stars, you got to take it because you don't know if they can keep up that pace for the entire 40 minutes. So I'm not going to deny. I was definitely one of those people who were bitching at Painter towards the end of the game there. Like as that lead kept diminishing and diminishing and then eventually Iowa State took the lead. And I was like, why isn't he making a change in his lineup at all? But now like I'm sitting back, you know, 24 hours later or so and I'm looking and I was like you know what it's a big thing Painter's like look you guys are losing this lead but I still trust in you five to win he this game he trusted the starting five yeah the yeah he did five. not he, I don't think he changed the lineup at all in those last five or so minutes no he didn't and so I think that says something to them because if they make a mistake it's like okay coach still trusts me I'm going to go out and continue making plays here and play better and I think that played a huge role like Klein was missing those threes and you know he suddenly decided maybe I'm not going to start taking these threes I'm going to look for the pass instead and it it worked terribly sorry for getting mad and emotional like a stupid fan but it worked I guess well it's funny because you know like he said he didn't change the lineup for the last five minutes he left these guys in who were maybe making a few mistakes whether it be offensively or defensively and people were angry about that however if you look you know at different games throughout the season people get angry at Painter for not taking people out when they make mistakes or they say he's too quick to take people out rather than let people work through it so there's just a certain percentage of our fan base that no matter what painter does he should always do the opposite everyone loves a backup qb yeah if something is going wrong whoever's not in needs to be in so basically the last four years of purdue football Oof. moving on (laughs) we lost travis so oh did we yeah yeah signed off to uh clean up more Chipotle puke. Okay. All right. So, you know, looking, I guess I'll take the reins. Looking at Hale Ledman. Yeah, that's right. Now I'm the, what did he call himself? Dictator for life? Well, apparently we killed him. Me. <laughs> yeah, look at me. Daytime. Yeah. We're looking ahead. Um, obviously, we just saw Kansas beat Michigan State. So that means we're going to be playing Kansas on Thursday. Casey or Juan, do you guys, either one of you have any first impressions of that Kansas opponent and kind of what we can look forward to? I mean, ISU is 
a pretty good primer to get ready to play this Kansas team and they beat Kansas. What it's going to come down to, I'm actually less scared about Mason national player of the year candidate than I am Josh Jackson. We just don't have an athlete like that. He is long and quick. He can shoot. It's going to be a task. I mean, we're going to see the full versatility of Vincent Edwards. We put him on Burton, a 6'5 bowling ball, you know, yesterday, and now he's going to have to guard a tall, long lottery pick. And... Honestly, I our big guys have a mismatch. Hopefully, we're able to exploit it like we did against ISU. Can you talk about their uh, big men for a minute? Because I think uh, you know, like myself, Can't, most of our Kansas people, because most of us, you know, most of us don't really know that much. They don't exist. <laughs> they don't. They will play four guards. Just they are more comfortable playing four guards than ISU is. And the reason that gives me hope is usually Bill Self plays a very old school offense. You know, kind of sluggish. He's not prone to want to run and gun. Usually they play solid defense, but Kansas's defense is barely in the top. I don't even think it's in the top 30 in Ken Palm. So they've given up points and they've relied on just wreaking havoc, being quick, being long and being skilled. The big guys just, they're not big and they're not super skilled. They're not a threat. The threat is they have guys everywhere around the perimeter that can shoot and attack and make plays. And that's what it's going to come down to for Purdue. Juan, did you get a chance to watch any of that um, Kansas-Michigan State game today? So I watched towards the end of the second half there, and I think it's ultimately going to come down to how well can Purdue play defense against these guys because, I mean, they're showing the stats. MSU is shooting well over 40% in that game. The issue was Kansas was hitting 50% of their shots. With a few minutes left, it was almost a tied game, and the next thing you know, Kansas is up 20. It is going to be a much more talented version of Iowa State in a way, uh, so it's really going to have to be locking down the defense. Granted, I said in our not-recorded podcast that Purdue wasn't going to win in a shootout against Iowa State and had to keep them below 70 if they wanted to win, and sure enough, Iowa State scored 76 and Purdue still won, so what the hell do I know? Um, <laughs> gosh, I hope I don't write for a blog or anything. Yeah, um, I hope I don't have a voice of authority anywhere. <laughs> what was the final score? 81-76? 80-76. Were you there? Yeah. Yeah, and which is why everything is a blur. By the way, I, w- I do want to say this. I applaud to the ISU fans. Holy cow, do they travel. And they are loud. That was a road game. Purdue just won an NCAA tournament road game. And we'll have a road game on Thursday as well. Yeah. The game's in Kansas City. Yeah, that's going to, I think, going to be an interesting aspect because, you know, you would assume when you when we get to this game on Thursday that the majority of the fans there are going to be Kansas fans. But the only caveat I would put on that is Kansas is the one seed. So you would think the remaining fans from the other team would root against them. That is fair. You know, because everyone always wants to root for an upset. And if you're the uh the opponent or if you're a fan of one of the other teams in that pod you're not going to want to play the one seed so you're rooting for the upset you're rooting for the underdog so that should be an interesting dynamic in the crowd it depends which game we get if we get the 7 p.m tip we could probably get that in the second half but if we have the 9 p.m tip which i have a feeling we probably get for only the winner of the michigan and probably oregon rhode island game the only those guys are probably going to be the ones sticking around and the michigan fans stick around they'll probably be cheering for purdue because there's some reason there's conference pride this year i guess that's what happens when you call a 
for a whole season. Yeah. Well, well, that and Michigan probably feels a little more confident about playing us since they beat us twice. True. Uh, <laughs> it really depends on which tip-off we get, too. Do we know those are the two times? Is it seven and nine? nine it's, thir- yeah, it's going to be one of those, two. Do we have any yeah. idea when that comes out, when that's announced? Probably tonight after the Oregon uh, game. I think it's oh. Oregon, Rhode Island that's playing. Right. That's on right now. It's at halftime. Uh, Rhode Island is up 46 to 38. Really? Yeah. Oh, oh no. Yeah. We, we're, we're, we are going to face Michigan in the lead eight, aren't we? If we <laughs> it's, kinda, it's looking that way if we get that. God, God damn it. That would be interesting. So, Casey, I know um, since you were there, it's always good. Um, you know, people love hearing about what it's like when you're actually there on the floor or you're there in the arena. So is there anything that you didn't put kind of on the site or you did put on the site that you'd like to elaborate with, uh, elaborate on as far as being in the arena and being there in the press conferences and and being able to ask uh, Painter some questions after the game? Yeah, I haven't really written much yet about the experience of it all. I think when you watch in person, especially up close, you really get a feel for the athleticism of these kids and how they compare against one another. Because some kids, like Burton in person, I don't think I've ever seen anyone that just launches like that. Purdue doesn't really have those guys, and I think that stands out a bit. The one person who does is Vincent Edwards is so long, and he's very quick to react. So I think our issue of athleticism is both correct, but also we do have some mismatches and I don't, our guys are just so much bigger than everyone. It is down in the paint. Literally, we just we look like a different species. Haas and Swanigan. Yeah, I did then, notice. I mean, when I was in D.C. at the Big Ten tournament, when Purdue was on offense down on the side that I was in, you know, you just you see uh, Swanigan and you see Haas going up against, um, you know, the other players. And you just like realize how giant the two of them actually are, especially Haas. You know, yeah. uh, he's he's just a beast of a man. Most kids are just if they're that big, they're scrawny. And our guys just. Yeah. And on the personal side, just how likable our team is. Like Haas is so happy and like they were all very obviously very happy and satisfied after a sweet 16 but after the whole like they're willing to talk sure caleb's you know he's surly he's quiet but everyone else like vincent edwards is just calm he's got so much grace about him the way he talks and matt painter you know we talked about the eye contact thing a while uh, last year like they're all just so good with the media and people and like they've just all seem to be very very genuine very happy close-knit group they're enjoying it it's just fun to root for this team i agree you know when you when you watch this team you do really feel like they're a bunch of likable people um you feel like they get along as a team they work well together everybody does understand their role of course biggie's kind of not an outlier so much but everything is business you know with biggie he's there he's getting his points he's helping his team to to win he cares uh, deeply, as you could see, you know, as he was was fighting to get back into that game. Uh, I mean, but, that rebound. Yeah, that that's re- going to go down as the rebound. <laughs> like, it's so fitting that that's going to be like our one play. Like, like that, that's, that's our one shining moment. Well, that's what I was going to It is of this turn. I mean, because everyone in the arena, as soon as that clanked off the rim, like everyone's like, oh, no, Purdue just did it again. You can't tell me that wasn't your thought when it happened. Oh, that is 100% what I thought. And then all of a sudden you just see Caleb Swan, like some mom monster crawling out of the depths of whatever with two players hanging off of him and there he is just corralling the ball he was on the other side of the paint right and he just went over and got it and that's what he has turned himself into and that's what our program's about and like that's just a beautiful moment and it's i'm fine with that being our highlight like that is a great moment he just outworked 
Purdue's legacy of choking in the tournament. <laughs> the other rebound, I'm going to remember. Like We're, we're going to remember the rebounds from this game. It was sometime in the second half. Vincent Edwards. What, yes. Oh, it was he was surrounded by four was, Iowa State guys. Out-jumped all of them and put the basket in for the and one. Like Iowa State had just brought it within one possession. It was a three-point game. Oh. He jumped over two guys, came down, collected, pump faked. I'm sitting literally like 30 feet away. It was on my side of the court. And just, that was amazing too. Yeah, two offensive rebounds. Those two guys who have carried us just, uh, it was beautiful. And then PJ redeems himself for a Big Ten tournament. That doesn't matter now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's perfect. Oh, I think we talked about once before. Can you name me the team that won the Big Ten tournament three years ago? Didn't Ohio think. State. You, you don't even well, know. Well, I'm trying to do the guessing. math in my head. <laughs> so 2014, it's probably Michigan State. Well, I have no idea. So I know. <laughs> This year was Michigan. Two years ago was Michigan State. After that, I don't know. And the only reason the I year know before that was Wisconsin, because that was when they did their Final Four run. I'm willing cool. to bet it was Michigan State. Cool, you nerd. Basketball nerd. I mean, are you really calling us basketball nerds? Yes. Well, I mean, he couldn't even lovingly. remember the score from I yesterday. So yeah. I yeah, mean it lovingly. Couldn't even remember the score. I remember Hold one. On. We're gonna you're gonna have to edit this part out, but I'm literally gonna look to see who won the Big Ten tournament. It was Michigan up. State. Are you are you actually looking at three it up? years ago? 2014. Wisconsin. Yeah, MVP was Brandon Dawson. No, 20. It would be 2015. Yeah, he said three years ago. You can't do math. 2017 minus three is. Well, yeah, but I mean three. That's not how this works. Three tournaments ago. <laughs> you said three years ago. <laughs> you said three years. Okay, we're all wrong and right at the same time. And then and and then 2015 would be Wisconsin. So yeah, it's all right. Fake news. All right. <laughs> Sad. <laughs> okay. Anyway, back Let's on. Let's wrap this up. Okay. So as we look ahead to Thursday, uh, obviously we don't know what time the game is going to be, but for Purdue to win, I want each of you to give me one thing that they need to do, whether it's on offense or defense, whether it's one player doing a specific thing, what needs to happen for Purdue to win? Juan, I'm going to start with you. So be ready. I said this in the unrecorded podcast for the, in order for Purdue to win the Iowa State game, I'm going to say it again, a balanced offensive attack. Got to be able to attack from in the paint and then also be able to hit the three-pointers. That's going to keep Kansas's defense uh, on the edge. If we're only going to the paint, they're just going to be able to shut down Biggie and Haas. And then if we're only shooting threes, they're just going to shut down a perimeter offense. you got to have that balanced attack. And then on defense, you got to be able to shut down them on the perimeter. Kansas is extreme, just like Iowa State. Kansas is dangerous behind the perimeter. If we can get threes and they're only going to shoot, make twos, Purdue can possibly win this game. Casey? Doc, him points for not giving you one thing. <laughs> I don't, I don't think I keep score here. I'm actually going to repeat what I said on the podcast that didn't happen as well. Haas needs to score 15 points. If he does that, I think we win. He got to 14 against ISU, and it was enough. I think when Haas scores, when he's good Haas, it makes everything else work around us, and his baskets are so easy that that, that is the equivalent of transition baskets for us. That's the equivalent of having an athlete who's able to just get to the rim. Haas cannot be guarded one-on-one. -on -one. If we get him good isolation post looks and he's finishing, we win. Fair enough. I think if I have to go with one thing... It's going to be we got to hit our threes. Um, you guys talked about it. We've not had a game where in the tournament or recently, really, where we're firing on all cylinders from distance. I mean, we were 8 of 26 against Iowa State, um, and that includes, you know, numbers like 1 for 5 for Ryan Klein. Dakota was 2 of 6. Uh, Carson Edwards was zero for three. So every one of those guys hits one more. Obviously, it's a completely different ball game. So 
if we can get someone like Ryan Klein, who I assume will be starting again because you don't mess with a lineup when you're winning, I would, you know, if he can go out there and he can hit, you know, 40, 45% of his threes like he can do in a game, that will, like you said, it'll open everything up and it'll change the game for us and help for that balanced offense. So three-point shooting would be the thing I'm looking looking to uh, turn the tide for us in that game and, and beat the one seed. And uh, as I always say, and as I've said for years, if you beat the one seed, you become the one. And then we get to redeem ourselves against Michigan. It, well, probably it's looking like that right now. So I think that's going to do it for us here at the Hammer and Rails podcast. I believe this is number what, Juan, 24, 25? This will be number 24. Well, the first podcast was podcast number zero because it was just trial run. So Yeah, that doesn't count. So thank everybody for listening. Uh, be sure to pay attention to the site this week as we'll have previews of Kansas. Casey, I assume, was going to do more of a look back at the Iowa State game with all his lovely recollections when he was not hung over. And we Didn't will look- get drunk once. Fake news. That's pretty shopping, shocking, considering you were in Wisconsin, of all yeah. places. I got you, tipsy a couple times, never got drunk. Did you at least have cheese curds? No. Why'd you even I'm go to Wisconsin? Did you did you get any spotted cow, at least? What? The beer, spotted cow, or any type no. of Wisconsin beer that's not milk. The only IPA beer I found everywhere was Lakefront, which oh, I is don't, fine. I don't drink IPA, so I don't know that one. I had some kind of sausage thing I'm with sure like well, some kind of mustard gel. It's okay. It's 2017. <laughs> we accept you here. We love you for whoever you are, Casey. You Look, even, I made, I made hey, some Swiss You can even cheese. be in the new Beauty and the Beast movie. I'm the beauty. Yeah, sure. okay. All right, well... <laughs> We're going to leave it there. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Be sure to tune to this Monday's Gamer and Rails Talk. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we just lost Casey. Bye. Did he get the